Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield, a Sheffield United podcast by two Yank Blades fans. I'm a soon-to-be-inebriated Noah Snyder, joined by a surprisingly sober Chad Jarvis. How's it going, Chad? Oh, it it goes. I mean, I, I should probably be in the sauce at this point right now, but but I can clearly see you are well on your way to being inebriated. I need it, man. I, I, I need it. After our perform, performance at St. Mary's Park this weekend, just need to be deep in a bottle for the next couple of days until I can motivate myself to actually watch us play United on Thursday. So today we're going to do something different. We're going to give a very brief review of our game against Southampton. And then Chad and I are going to do something that we haven't really done on this podcast to this point and tell you all how we came to support Sheffield United. Because I don't, I don't know about you, Chad, but I'm really not masochistic enough to review this game against Southampton. Like, yeah, I'm, I just kind of want to glance over this one and just readily move on to United. And I have a feeling we'll be doing the same thing about United podcast when, when we put that one out as well. So here's my very brief review of our game against Southampton in which we lost 3-0. That was the worst performance I've seen out of Sheffield United in the Wilder era. I've said that now twice, and but this one was really, really poor, just across the board. No shots on goal, very limited possession. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but basically we had not possession the whole game. And yeah, that that's, that's my review. I mean, you pretty much summed it up right there. I mean, I think we had like 20% possession. And zero shots on target, and Billy Sharp started the game. So yeah, I mean, usually those three tick the boxes. As much as I love the skipper, we haven't won a game in our first eleven games. We've only drawn one game, so I don't think that's exact right place to be starting Billy Sharp. But shit, might as well throw him in there, see what happens. I think the gaffer basically said that he wanted to motivate the boys. And uh, the opposite effect happened. Yeah, that that was they laid down. They laid down when the first goal went in. It was over. You could close up shop right there. Ball game. Yeah, really should have been saved by Ramsdale. It was. It, I don't know how that sneaked in. Lack of confidence. Then there was the own goal, and another goal was deflected. So I, you know, I mean, what do you say? Just an overall poor performance by united no luck man we have no absolutely no luck i said i remember texting you during the match and i said we have absolutely no luck and if we had and if it wasn't for luck if there wasn't for luck we wouldn't have any at all we just seem to not have it this season yep agreed so chad did you have a man of the match no, I did not. Surprisingly, as I read on Twitter after the match, everybody was giving it to Jags, but yeah. I don't know when he deflects the ball into the back of the net. Uh, I'm not going to give the man of the match award to you. I mean, no, nobody. I mean, you put the whole thing I don't get is why we put Brewster in and we put all our strikers up top. We put them in, but we don't put any midfield players in. 
that was where we were struggling the entire match to get the ball from our midfield to our striking pair. And like, why do you put Brewster in? Why do you put striking partnerships in there when you can't get the ball to him? You haven't had a shot in the whole entire freaking game. Change the midfield, change something. But see, that therein lies the problem. We don't have anybody in midfield that can get the ball to the strikers to create chances or anything. That's what we've been struggling. So it's just, to me, there was no man of the match. It sucked. We sucked. Yeah. No man of the match for me either. Just overall poor performance. No high, no highlights for me. Didn't have a sniff of net. Didn't defend well. Couldn't get the ball to the midfield. Just more of that hoof and pray from Ramsdale when we got goal kicks or when he saved the ball. Ramsdale made a couple of good saves. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. He, 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 was, he wasn't awful. He did. But, but he, he didn't make the important save, um, which was the first one. And yeah. I think the shoulders dropped at that point, and then there ain't nothing you can do at that point. So, no, no. And, and one last thing on this match, and I know we're going to keep doing it the rest of the season, but stop kicking the ball 40 yards down the field to try and win possession because all you're doing, and I'm you can take this from the last pod and you can put it on, rewind it and play it again because I said the same damn thing. Quit playing the ball so long, trying to head it on to nobody when it just falls to the opposing team's back line and they cycle it back through again and they here comes more pressure. If we played out from the back, we could give the back line just a touch of rest and we wouldn't be on the back foot the entire match. It just dry, it, I wanted to rip the TV off the, off the wall when I was watching that. It, it drives me insane, Chad. It drives me crazy. We we say it we've said it every podcast. There hasn't been a podcast where we haven't said it maybe since the beginning of the season. Maybe like once or twice we didn't say it. Maybe in the draw against Fulham, but I, we we've said it in every single podcast. Just stop hoofing the ball, hoping McBurney gets his head on it. There's you know, we just cycle as you said, we just cycle possession back to them and and then we're on the back foot again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, something's got to change. I I don't I really don't know what it is at this point. The three five two, as we've said, also is is has been found out. I think we did definitively need a formation change. The four three three really, I think, is probably the way to go at this point. That way, we have some more offensive power. And you know, if our midfielders can't get on balls hoofed, then maybe one of one of our strikers can. But playing five at the back and the overlapping center backs have just really not been gelling. We, I haven't seen it. I can't. I can't remember the last time I saw an, the overlapping center back actually work. Yeah, hey, no, you're right. I mean, it seems every game it's just they get neutralized. And Baldock, you have to give it credit to Baldock because he'll fly down the wing and he'll get the cross in, but it's miles over everybody's head. Like Stevens, when he gets it, he only carries the ball like two feet and then he turns it over. Every single time he gets the ball. So Baldock is outplaying Stevens by 10 miles. And it's just like, like you said, it's been found out. It's clearly not working. We're the only team in the league that plays that type of style. There was a few teams that tried to change to it last year, but it didn't work for them. So now we've been found out. They figured out how to neutralize us. So why not? Hey, let's go ahead and give it a change some point and see what I mean we're rock bottom of the league it it can't hurt 
yeah, there, there are no wrong choices at this point, but the only wrong choice is just doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We, we said this on the last podcast. It's the definition of insanity to keep doing the same thing. And look, I, I'm going to support Wilder until the cows come home. You know, the, the prince came out and said after the game, I think he said, or before, was it before the game? It was before the game that he read. Well, he did it before and after the game. Yeah, the Prince has said uh, several times that regardless of how we finish this season, that Wilder is our man moving forward. So getting us to this point will earn Wilder's, you know, trust in uh, my trust in Wilder forevermore. Whether he stays with this club for another six months or whether he stays with this club for another six years, I will forever support Wilder just because without him, this club is still in League One. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And 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 finishing eleventh in League One. Mm-hmm. So yep. we in Wilder we trust, but something's got to change, formation wise, or to not play Ben Osborne on the left hand side, in that left wing back position after what I thought was a great performance the previous week, is just mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you start Stevens there. Stevens has not been on form the whole season. Nope. He's he's been he's a shadow of of last year's self. And more on your point, it's like Osborne came in the second half of last week's game and it's like, dude, he wants to play and he's playing ten times better than, than Stevens would play. Start him. So hopefully he gets some run against United coming up because it's like, dude. We got to do something on that. And every team knows how bad we hurt on that left-hand side, too, because they keep coming and beating, beating, beating down that left-hand side every single time, every single match. You can count the number of times they come down there. So I think it's time for us to change the subject. We promised you that we were going to tell you the story about how two Yanks became Sheffield United supporters and Chad, I think we're going to start with you because my story is a li- probably a little bit longer than yours. So yeah. how did you come to support Sheffield United? Well, I am first and foremost a soccer fan. England is is the number one country. I love the EFL. I watch it almost as much as the Premier League. And when, when I first got into it, now I've only been – soccer fan for 15 years or so so when I was in college I would get up early mornings on Saturday and they had the match on and I knew nothing about it It was just background noise so anyway the the match that was always on was Chelsea so I became a Chelsea supporter so I've been I was a Chelsea supporter for 12 years somewhere in there and the more and more that I watched the EFL and played FIFA, you know, I got familiarized with all the teams. And there was a couple years ago that I picked up on, on Sheffield United and, you know, they were in, in and amongst it in the championship. And so that's when I started to do a deep dive into the, the team's history and found out they've been in league one for all this time and appointed Wilder and they were the bottom of league one and everything. And so that season I forget where they finished, but then the following season was one the the year when they made the charge, and it was kind of it was kind of something cool to see 
you have so many of these teams with individual talent and you saw United play as, as a team and you could just see them ascending up the league table. And then when they were going neck and neck with Leeds and Norwich and all that, and just to see them go up and, I mean, I watched all the parade and all that. I watched, I watched the parade. I think on YouTube you can watch it. I watched it three times all the way through, and it's like two and a half hours long. And just all the videos surrounding all that, and when they when they get promoted, and how the entire town is just with them, and it's like they're not only taking a team of eleven players or eighteen players at the time up to the Premier League, they're taking a whole city, the whole city of Sheffield. And then I followed them, obviously, into the Premier League last year and and cheered them on. And I was like, wow, this team's turning into something special. And, you know, that's when I started forming our social media pages. And that's how we got connected because we we, you like the page. And I put up, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. Anybody want to join? And you spoke out. So that's that's my – that's my kind of my story of, of United and I'll, I'll ride with them. If we go all the way to league two, even if we fall into the national league and fall out of the EFL, I'll still follow them. I'll have to, we'll have to pay a lot of money to watch them over here, but trust me, I'll, I'll watch them all the way. God forbid, but yes, I will follow this team until the day I die. My Sheffield United support started in a little bit of a different manner. Back in 2007, I was working at a summer camp in Massachusetts, and one of the counselors that I was working relatively closely with, his name was Phil, last name omitted, and he was a big Sheffield United supporter, born and bred in the city of Sheffield, and he asked me very early on in the summer if I liked football. And, you know, I'd been to a few Los Angeles Galaxy games as a child. I always watched the World Cup. But other than that, I really wasn't into football. I was more into hockey and basketball and American football at the time. But I watched some highlights with him. And mind you, this was right after the Tevez season when we got relegated from the Premier League. And I was just kind of enamored and You know, I watched the supporters and I just kind of fell in love with the team. And while my support has been, you know, like steadfast and relatively unwavering, it's been really hard to watch Sheffield United, especially when we were in League One. I remember pulling up periscopes when I was like 23 or 24, somewhere in there. And you know, watching on league uh, when we were in League One, off of some bloke just filming from the stands, just watching the team, trying to follow on uh, on social media and following, obviously through the ESPN app. My attention really came back to Sheffield United back in 2016, 2017. When Chris Wilder came on, we started working our way up the table in League One. And, you know, I was saying to one of my other friends who also follows football, this year Sheffield United are going back to the championship. We are getting promoted. I remember watching the Bouncing Day Massacre. And I remember watching, God, I I remember the Adkins season as well. 
I didn't follow as closely that season, but I do remember it. I remember us finishing mid table in league one and that just being the lowest of the lows. You know, this, this team has just inspired me over the last few years and us working our way back up into the premier league just was amazing. I, I, I watched a lot of games during that 2018, 2019 season. I was really lucky to find streams of them because at the time, I don't think ESPN plus was really a thing. And I don't think we were able to watch a lot of games. It was easier than when we were in league one, but it was still tough regardless. And coming back to the prem was just a godsend. It's really been amazing the last few years. And I've been really appreciative of watching, you know, even this year, I've been appreciative of watching these games just because for those of you in Sheffield or in England, it's very, very hard to watch football in the United States if you don't have either a VPN or some sort of subscription service. I mean, the Premier League, they show most of the games on NBC, which is nice, but the EFL certainly is very, very difficult to watch. And I've really appreciated being able to watch Sheffield United in the Premier League. And I will watch every game. I will support this team till I die. And that's pretty much my story of how I came to support Sheffield United. What I can tell you is there is growing support for Sheffield United in the United States. When, yes, there when, is. We, when we started back in the Premier League in 2019... I was part of a Facebook group called Los Angeles Sheffield United supporters. And I think there were like eight or nine of us and we have grown that support. And now there are more diehards than there have been before who are going to follow this team, regardless of if we go down or not. Yeah. That's like, that's like on the, the, the hunch I had to start a, a Facebook page Blades in the USA, just to see if I could bring everybody reach each end of the country and see if I could reach anybody across the the country that had the same rooting interest as me. And I think now we're over a hundred people in that group. And it's like, it's cool to see that people, you know, they, they take the time to look for this type stuff. Yeah. We, we post about it here and there trying to get the word out, but they're also like joining up real quickly and they're interact. We can interact with them. And I mean, to me, I mean, the people that I've interacted with online have been, has been nothing but the best to me. It's been marvelous to watch. And you'd hope that that support sort of continues to grow. Soccer or football is a growing sport in the United States. And while look, you know, we, the product that MLS puts out there is not the greatest. I really do think that it is the next big market sport in the United States. People really do enjoy it. Hockey is also a, a big growing, a, a growing sport in the United States as well. And I think a lot of Americans fault both hockey and soccer for not being high scoring. And that mm. frustrates them because Americans are so used to their basketball and their, their football that not scoring a lot frustrates them. But the thing, one of the things that I love about football is that goals are at least definitely in Sheffield United's case this year, hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And so the joyous moment when, when you score in a sport like football is uh, just so overwhelming 
that it makes it such an enjoyable experience. That that's one of the reasons that I love football. Uh, I would agree wholeheartedly with it. It's just, it's just something different that, that not too many people follow. And when you tell them you root for a team that, okay, if, if I've met somebody for the first time and they're going to watch a match with me, especially over here, they say, who do you root for? I say, well, I root for Sheffield United. Well, where are they in the league? And I said, well, they're bottom. And they say, well, why did you pick a team that a bunch of losers? And I said, you don't know the full story. I think it's important for us to quickly preview our game against Manchester United here. It's going to be a tough fixture. Another very tough fixture against a good side, a side that drew City this past weekend, and a side that on paper is one of the best sides in the league. Yep, <laughs> that's for sure. We're gonna we are gonna have. If we thought the Southampton game was tough, this one's gonna be a little bit tougher. Absolutely. And even though we drew them three three last year. And I think it was right around Thanksgiving time here in the United States. It was like yeah. late November, if memory serves correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a different side, not brimming with confidence. And I think it's going to be, a, like I said, a very, very tough fixture for us. The way I see it, I don't think we can play any worse than we played against Southampton. I think we Agreed. might actually have a couple of shots on net at, at the very least. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, when you look at this Man United side, I mean, look, obviously, it's not anything new. They've got Marcus Rashford up top. they got Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Mason Greenwood, Fred, McTominay, Shaw, Maguire, Lindenoff. I mean, uh, it is just a very, very good side. My question to you, Chad, do you think they start Dean Henderson against us? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, Ollie is going to put him in goal and say, go out there and get a clean sheet against your former team and just pile on the misery. And I would like to see him in goal. And then like John Fleck run up to him before the game, say, hey, let one in so we can get a draw. But (laughs) I'd like to see him in goal. But I mean, he started those couple games when De Gea got injured a couple weeks ago. He started a couple Champions League games for him. But honestly, why? I mean, I understand we had to move on at some point. And, and, you know, there's no guarantee if we had Hendo in in goal that he would be keeping – we would have kept clean sheets or anything. But it's almost like I don't know why Wilder just kind of, like, didn't give him one more year on loan. And regardless, if we go – if, if he were the one that kept us up, we know we we're hanging on by a thread, but I understand why they got to get put Ramsdale through the whole motion and get him used to being in goal. But yeah, he'll, he'll start and he'll get, probably get a clean sheet. I would imagine. Well, what I'll say is I don't, I think Wilder would have gladly had Henderson back. I think it was Henderson wanting to go back to his parent club and with De Gea playing like he did last season, I thought he I thought Henderson thought he would get more starting chances, and really that hasn't been the case. 
you know, I mean, he's been riding the bench this whole season. De Gea has been Man United's go-to guy in goal. So I think it was kind of a mistake on his part to not want to sign another one-year loan loan deal. Yeah, But that could have also been Man United not wanting to send him back. I, I don't really know what the situation was there. So, Chad, what's your score prediction for our, our fixture against Man United here? I'll go 2-0. Uh, we'll give Rashford a goal, and we'll give Bruno Fernandez because United will get a penalty at some point, and he'll bury the penalty. My thoughts exactly. I think Rashford gets a goal, and I think Fernandez also gets a goal. Yep. And... I mean, it's... It- <laughs> It's pretty straightforward. I mean, United almost I think United since VAR has come in have only got helped out by VAR so many times. So they're guaranteed against the team in the bottom of the league. Because I see it like getting they get in an early goal, like maybe twenty minutes in, and then it's just like on cruise control. And then we get a little bit of pressure and then they get one chance in the box and for uh let's say Fernandez does go down in the box. And then he draws a penalty and, and scores it and puts the game away. I think that's reasonable. I mean, I feel awful for saying it, but I, I think that's completely reasonable. It's the state of the team at the moment. We, we can't get out of our own way. And it's almost like we're looking forward to the weekend. We're kind of almost glazing over the United game and looking forward to the bigger match at the weekend. So I, I don't know if that's that's something we look forward to. I know you want to take each match – in itself, one one match at a time, but do you almost look over United and go to the bigger game of the weekend? Yeah, I mean, look, we've got Brighton on Sunday. It's once again a, at least for me, a 4 a.m. start, which is a 12 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time start. This is where the games, they come fast and hard at you. You mm-hmm. don't get a full week to prep for a game. So, you know, this is really the time where you separate the men from the boys, the wheat from the chaff. That's it. And playing Man United, I, I, my, my, I guess my question for you, Chad, is who do you see starting for United? We didn't really get into that. Obviously, there need to be changes made from our game against Southampton. Well, if I'm doing like Chris Wilder does, hold on. I'm going to – I got my dartboard up right here. And, okay, we're going to have Ramsdale in goal. We're going to have a back line of Egan, Basham. Robinson. Let's give Jack, let's give, yeah, let's give Jack Robinson a, a go. We'll put uh, Baldock. We'll put Ben Osborne in there. We'll start Lundstrom. Berger, who looked absolutely like garbage on Sunday in Southampton. Southampton. Then you put Fleck. And then go ahead and give Brewster a start. And let's go Ollie McBurney because we need Ramsdale has to have a target when he kicks the ball all the way down the field for him to <laughs> head it. So that's where we'll go there. I actually would prefer to see Burke up front. Well, Burke didn't even make the Burke didn't even make the bench on Sunday, did he? Uh, he did not, no. Yeah, he didn't even make the team. So it's like, where the hell? Did the guy go? It's like he's the – I don't – see, this This is the point to where I don't get what's going on because then two games before that, 
Billy Sharp wasn't even on the bench, and then they, we bring him in and start him. So do we do a Burke thing where he didn't start – he wasn't even in the team last week, and you bring him into the game. <laughs> we start him this week with Bruce. But you got to give Brewster a shot. And if Moose, yeah. who who knows who knows if Moose is fully healthy, he could start. You never know. Well, I I agree, but Moose was fucking invisible in our game against Southampton. Yeah, you know yeah, for the for the twenty minutes he got, he was just completely invisible out there. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I, I I don't know. I guess the point is, is who who the fuck knows what's gonna happen on on Thursday? Yeah, but exactly. yeah, you have to keep in mind that whatever striker core we put out there probably won't be starting in our game against Brighton Hove Albion on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I that much is that. clear. Yeah. So I, I think the way Wilder sees it, we have a much better chance of getting something out of our match against Brighton Hove Albion. So maybe you don't field everybody that you would want to try to win a game on Sunday or at least draw, get a draw out of a game on Sunday. So, yeah, you know, may, maybe you don't start burger. Maybe you put Fleck, Ampadu and Lundstrom out there, you know, and then, yes. And then you bring burger in on, on, on Sunday. You know, I think Ampadu had his worst game for us this past week. I mean, granted, everybody had a terrible game this weekend, but Ampadu was, it was like, dude, where's the guy that's played like out of his mind for us the beginning part of the season? Yeah, we've lost a good majority of them, but where did that dude go? It's like where he, he was playing. He was playing center back. That's that's where that dude went. I I don't yeah, think Ampadu's just... been Ampadu's not blown me away when he's been in the midfield. I I really think no. it, the the best he's played has been on the back line personally. And if need be, I mean, maybe you slot Ampadu in that left center back position. I, I I don't know. And then maybe you move him up into the midfield for our game against Brighton Hove Albion. I, I, I'm i not sure. Yeah. yeah. The point is, is that all will be revealed on Thursday at around seven o'clock Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So I think that's really all the time that we have for on the red half of Sheffield. Hey, Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to follow trials and tribulations of my everyday life, I'm at C Jarvis underscore 13. Hey, Noah, did you know that this this podcast that we're doing right now has a Facebook page? No, I did not know that. I mean, I did, well, but, you but should, I'm, 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 I'm pretending that I didn't for the purpose of the segment. You, you should go over to Facebook and like the page called the red half of Sheffield. Give it a like. I think I'm going to do that right now. So please give us a, give us a little follow on at the red half of Sheffield on Facebook. You can follow me, Noah Snyder at Nestman 930 on Twitter and Reddit. And then you can also follow me on Instagram at Sunpuck. That's S U N P U C K. And until Thursday, when we review our game against Man United, up the blades. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards!